And welcome, everyone, to a joyous edition of BAMS Radio. Joyous for many reasons. As we know, last week, Alabama had the 4th and 31, uh, the disaster in the past year, if you want to call it, for Auburn, uh, as the Tide wins the Iron Bowl in dramatic fashion. This time, we've got who's the man. And that's what Big Van Vader used to say in the WWE. Who's the man? Well, we figured out who it is, and it's Nick Saban. He has now beaten the the vaunted Georgia Bulldogs eight out of nine times. He owns Kirby Smart, except for one fourth quarter, as Alabama wins the game 27-24. to 24. MVP Jalen Milrow wasn't, you know, always pretty, but Milrow got it done late in the fourth quarter on the last two drives. And certainly, the legacy continues for Bond, Isaiah Bond, as he does it again with the big plays when needed. Alabama wins this game. They proved they were the better team, the tougher team. Now, I will say, I think Georgia is one of the top four teams. We're going to talk about the playoff. Alabama also getting into the playoff is, is what I figured would happen. The victory over Georgia had a huge impact on the committee when you beat somebody that's won 29 in a row and you vanquish them. And, unfortunately for the Dogs, no shot at a three-peat. Alabama's got a chance, though, at number 19. And we're going to talk about that and more with my two cohorts, of course, in the port city of Mobile, keeping us on the air and also doing a great job with his analytical takes, his also personal thoughts on the game. And, of course, he's got the stats ready and rolling. Thomas the Wizard Watts, and of course from 89 to 93, William Redfish Barger, who thoroughly enjoyed watching Kirby Smart be put in his place yesterday. Guys, uh, it was a, 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 the kind of ball game we all thought it would be. It went down to the fourth quarter. Alabama made the plays when they had to, William. Uh, Jalen Milrose, you know, maturation continues. Uh, you know, he showed a lot of fortitude and toughness, I thought, in the fourth quarter. He didn't play great the first three quarters, especially taking some sacks he shouldn't have. They probably didn't run as much. Uh, you know, I thought he was inaccurate at times, but when it mattered the most, William, he put together the best drive of the game and then closed out the dogs when he had a chance. Well, it's always been um, my favorite line from the Alabama fight song, Drew, but it, it, was, it was proven to be true yesterday. Go teach the Bulldogs to behave. And, you know, something that the Georgia fan base, you know, has has kind of cling, cling, you know, hung on to for the last two years is nobody is ever going to win the battle of the physicality war against a Kirby Smart coached Georgia football team. But that's exactly what happened to Georgia in the last two and a half, three minutes of the ball game yesterday. They lost the physicality war. They couldn't get a stop to get the ball back. And once again, Alabama under Nick Saban, and Thomas is the stats guy, and he could double-check me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's right, um, especially with the way I've ran my mouth about it on Tiger Droppings. Um, Nick Saban is now – at Alabama, 17-1 and one in all games played in the Georgia Dome and the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I Only believe, loss was 08 to Florida. I believe you're right. You, you are, I believe yep. you're right. And so, t- 
to me, Drew, I, I think don't disagree with anything that you said. Um, but but what really jumps out to me about this game was when when you look at where this team was literally up until I think the second half of the Tennessee game, which wasn't that long ago, to to where they are now. Um, to, to play the number one ranked team in the country, probably the only team that, and, and I realize this sounds stupid because if you look at it, these people that rank these players really don't know what they're looking at. Or, or Tommy Brockemeyer would have never been the, the, the number two offensive tackle in the country three years ago. But Georgia's the only program in the country that can match Alabama's talent level as far as what they are ranked coming out of high school. And, you know, for Alabama to come from where they were in the first half against Tennessee a month and a half ago to where they are now, you know, just, just think about this for a second. So they've got a chance, if they can pull it off, to beat – uh, you know, so Georgia was the number one team. Now it's Michigan, if, if, if what I saw on the playoff committee thing is accurate. Um, and, and so, you know, they, they, they got a chance to, to beat number one Georgia, number one Michigan. And in my opinion, if they do it right, and, and if there is another ranking, I would place the Texas Longhorns as the next best team in in the, the the category of four that are playing in the college football playoffs i i think you know in in you know they're going to probably have to do it again if they want to get to the promised land but i i honestly think that that texas front seven is the best front seven in college football very very impressive um, I was telling Thomas before you jumped on, Drew. You know, the, they're the only school in the country, in my opinion, that can you can even have a debate with about who might be the best true freshman in college football, other than Caleb Downs. You know, Anthony Hill's a monster. Um, so you know, you know, I mean, I think it's a great, you know, it's, it's been a great, uh, you know, seven days, uh, eight days, whatever it's been. Uh, to, to, to be an Alabama fan, you know, you got the grave digger and, and now you knock off the and, and, and end, so to speak, the little mini dynasty that the Georgia fans thought they were in the midst of. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and I'll, you know, depending on how long he coaches, and I, I do think it's going to be between five and seven more years. Um, I honestly think this is the best coaching job of Nick Saban's uh, career at Alabama. Unbelievable from where this team was um, after week two and three with the loss to Texas and the shit show of the, the South Florida game to where they are now. I mean, you know, give, give the man a $10 million bonus for Christ's sakes. Well, I mean, and plus I, I, I really think, thought, uh, you know, after a slow start in both halves, Tommy Reese did a nice job. And then when he had a chance to close out the game, uh, I thought he varied up the running game. The the play call on the quarterback run to the uh, slam to the left outside, uh, to the left side, uh, to uh, uh, to Jalen Milrow, I thought was an outstanding call. Got him loose, and then he, then he smartly stayed in bounds. 
and then to call quarterback power. And Milrow screwed the play up, I thought, earlier in the game. They were in the red zone. He, he just ran it in a straight line out of bounds. This time he cut it up, squared his shoulders. Now Georgia almost stripped him, but he held on to the ball. And once they got that first down, the game was over and you could just run the clock out. But I thought he did a couple things in the running game. Didn't just run inside zone. He gave Georgia some different works. I think Tommy Reese has really come into his own. Uh, and then I think, of course, Kevin Steele. The opening drive wasn't good, but for the rest of it, I thought Alabama defensively dictated to Georgia. They only held Georgia to 78 rushing yards on 31 carries. Coach Steele's done a hell of a job. And I just got to give Coach Saban credit for the coordinator hires he made. Once again, chess, not checkers with Coach Saban. And it really paid off, no question about it. And and William, unlike 2021 national title game, I was there. Alabama didn't have guys step up for injured players when, and suspended guys and things of that nature. Uh, but they they had a bunch of receivers that just didn't do their jobs. Uh, you know, they had an offensive line that struggled some. But this time, I thought Alabama had some key guys step up. Jace McClellan's out. They lose Kool-Aid to a concussion. I thought Trey Amos was spectacular. When he came in, Christian Story did some nice things, nearly had a pick. And I just thought overall, uh, the four guys, Trey Amos, Jam Miller, and Roy Dell Williams is a, is a, a combination and a tandem, both reached the end zone. And then I thought, I know he's been criticized, but Trez Marshall was in on a big third down stop, and then he got the big fumble recovery that led to three points for Alabama, which they'd have a touchdown, but they got points off that turnover. And I thought some guys that needed to step up, William, stepped up in the game for Alabama. Yeah, you know, man, uh, I'm not going to name any names except for myself, but both myself and a, and a uh, two-time All-SEC center at the University of Alabama both need to eat a big, big crock pot full of slow-cooked crow, uh, uh, crow, excuse me, over 17 we were bitching back and forth about him yesterday before the game and he made idiots out of both of us um you know our, our bitching wasn't unwarranted because he has been a liability up until yesterday but yes um and and it, it, it's hilarious now um that that you know the georgia fans that think that uh, you know, Jermaine Burton should have been charged with first degree assault for, you know, I've never seen clear video evidence of what they think he did to some uh, Nimrod female uh, Tennessee student that wandered out onto the field last year after their win over Alabama. But Jermaine Burton catching a touchdown yesterday and the little uh, Rudy Rudiger uh, wide receiver that Georgia thinks is so good, Lad McConkey wasn't able to get one. Um, is is a, a big big talking point. But you know the the thing yesterday, Drew, that that I thought um, is you know this this team. You know when you start looking at the caliber of opponents that and I, and I still think ten. I mean uh, Texas is the best team that they've played. Um, and, and, you know, if Alabama gets past Michigan, which I expect them to do, um, you know, that's who I want to see them play because, you know, I think that's the best of, of the four teams. I'm even going to put Texas right now ahead of Alabama um, as far as who I think the number one team is. Um, I mean, they're playing really good football. 
Um, they, they, they've, they've got a great front seven on defense, you know. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm happy for Steve Sarkeesian. I am um, you know, you, you know, you, you can be an Alabama fan and, and still acknowledge, um, you know, greatness in others. And, man, for that guy to – I'm not saying he's overcome his demons. He certainly hasn't. But to keep him in check – and be able to do the job that he's done this season, especially with, you know, Texas and Oklahoma uh, coming into the SEC next year. As an Alabama fan, I am very happy that we drew Oklahoma uh, next year versus what, you know, Texas has potentially got coming back as they enter the SEC in 2024. Well, everybody knows I'm a Sark guy, especially over Lane Kiffin. I know both of them have their issues, but I love the way Sark calls games. I love the way he works with quarterbacks. You already mentioned the performance against Oklahoma State. No, Oklahoma State's garbage, but still. I love watching his offense and the way he calls a game and gets people touches. Uh, we, we even saw former Bama guy Keelan Robinson get a touchdown run, long one. He, he just does a great job calling plays. You're right about their front seven. They're very physical. I've got them beating um, – you know, uh, Washington, I was asked today to give a point spread. I said four. I think it came out at four and a half. I took I took Alabama by three over Michigan, even though I think they could whip them worse than that, honestly, if they play well. Even though I respect Michigan's physicality, Alabama's certainly going to have to be ready to play. But I like Alabama over Michigan. I like the rematch of Alabama and Texas and Houston. Uh, but, again, I just – I think overall – uh, that Alabama's improved by leaps and bounds more than any team I've seen. Um, the team played with a lot of toughness yesterday. I'm proud of Will Reichert. I know his grandfather well. He set the all-time NCAA scoring record, had nine points yesterday. But it was just sweet to beat Georgia at their own game, uh, to out-physical them when it mattered, and to run the clock out and be able to take a knee. Uh, and as Chris Stewart would say, let's get out of here. And, uh, you know, just – I uh, really enjoyed I, I've, I've enjoyed him and Tyler Watts all year. Tyler Watts is a natural at the color analyst spot. Uh, he's done a great job. And uh, it was, it's just been an enjoyable ride, no doubt about it. And I do agree that it's Nick Saban's best coaching job. But I'm going to go to you, Thomas. I mean, uh, give some of your thoughts on this game. And uh, I know you weren't uh, optimistic this morning, but we'll talk about the college football playoff here coming up. Wow, Drew, just out me right as I get to start to talk. No, it, we'll talk about the – it's like, well, I'll come back from that. No. So, we'll talk about the college football playoff later, and I'll own that. When you talk about the SEC title game, fans will remember, I took Alabama by 10, 34-24. I believe both you and William pretty much pegged the score perfectly, Alabama by a field goal. And – that's one of this is one of those weird stats games to me, and, and I don't like these from a mathematical perspective. Georgia outgained Alabama by 15 yards, and Georgia really dominated the third quarter. But at the end of the day, none of that crap matters. What matters is the Alabama defense was able to make Carson Beck uncomfortable, and was able to force Georgia into a situation that they had never been in. And and here's really here's the issue that Alabama forced Georgia into and I kind of wonder if Alabama can force Michigan into where you know when Georgia gets off the bus 
they're the more talented football team. It's the same thing that Alabama did for the past 15, 17 years under Nick Saban. But this year, or even the past couple of times Georgia's matched up with Alabama, at best it's a push. And Georgia ain't ready for that. And Alabama, as William said, you know, Texas is at least in the same orbit as Alabama. Georgia hasn't seen that. And, you know, Georgia, to their eternal credit, goes down, scores a quick touchdown, and then they do absolutely nothing until the fourth quarter-ish, ish. And it's not good enough. So, really, with the, with the change in clock rules and the talent, that the talent equality that we saw in the SEC title, Alabama wins the game. I think if this game happened last year, I'm not sure Georgia doesn't win. But, well, <laughs> if not for a couple of random circumstances, you know, Jameer Gibbs doesn't catch an angle route and or Jaden Daniels doesn't do the things in Baton Rouge that Jaden Daniels did, we would get to see what it looked like last year. So, you know, if, if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But just overall, you know, this team, like, like here's the thing I take, Drew, coming out of the Alabama-Georgia game. They're not going to quit. They're going to keep punching. They're going to be as physical as anybody. And that, to me, is the scary part for Michigan. Michigan has out-physicaled everybody they've played, including Ohio State. Good luck out-physicaling and out-talenting this Alabama team because, you know, what did we say last week? The Jalen Milrow presents some fascinating problems to the Georgia defense. Those problems don't go away. And, and what's wild about the Georgia-Alabama game, like let, let's, let's just knock off the college football playoff committee because I'm sure there is – I've already got the, the tray of hot sauce on my desk as we're talking. That's coming because, spoiler alert for fans, I thought Alabama was out just because <laughs> I thought the committee would take the easy way out. The easy way, simply put, is to put Florida State in, undefeated Power 5 champion versus Alabama, SEC, blah, 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 blah. I'll eat that crow later. Let's, let's, let's put that in a box, put it on the shelf. It's coming back out. The crow's happening. The thing about Alabama v. Georgia is you, you, you look at this game, and Alabama was the more physical team. They were more battle-tested, and they just kept responding. And that travels. And that's what got Alabama into the playoff. That's what got Alabama ahead of Georgia. But to my Milrow point, you know, Alabama wins by three over Georgia. But – Go back and chart those plays. Like, like, it's very often when I look at college football, I want to buy a subscription or get to be friends with a coach that will give me all 22 film looks. Because I think if you look at the all 22 from the SEC title game, what you know, Alabama's going to be just exuberant over making the college football playoff. And then by about Monday and or Tuesday, they're going to sit down and they're going to look at the all-22 Bama v. Georgia. 
and Tommy Reese, he's probably already done it, but if he hadn't done it, he's going to do it in the next 36 to 48. He's going to say, holy shit, we should have won by 14, by 21. And that was because Jalen Milrow missed some wide open stuff. And now you can say, oh, my God, I'm being critical of Jalen Milrow, which is kind of my thing as you know the analytics guy. No, what I'm saying is, yes, that is true, but that's stuff we can fix. And when I say we, I mean Tommy Reese and crew. So I personally think Alabama should have blasted Georgia worse than they did. And it's just continued growth from the quarterback position. The version of Alabama that played against the Georgia Bulldogs can at least beat Michigan. It's a toss-up against Texas because I'm like William. Look, if, if, you to- if you stuck a gun to my head, I think Alabama is going to – Put it to you this way. So I had this discussion last week uh, with some work colleagues, Drew and William. And they're like, well, what do you think would happen with the college football playoff? I'm like, okay, put it to you this way. If Alabama beats Georgia and Alabama makes the college football playoff, Michigan and Washington are food. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, Texas and Alabama will eat their opponent. Whether Texas plays Michigan at and or plays Washington, and whether Alabama plays Michigan or plays Washington, thanks for playing. Take your $5 million check and get the hell out of the college football playoff. You ain't ready for what's coming. I thought both Michigan and Washington were food. Well, yeah. And, and, and hold on, hold on. I just want to finish my point. I'm sorry, Drew. I thought that was the case. And then suddenly Texas, Bama, those are the two best teams, and toss-up. If Jalen Milrow is able to do the small things, that the things he struggled with against Georgia, and, and a couple of them, it's stuff like it's second and four, you take a bomb shot when there's a guy open underneath to get a first down. That's the stuff that Jalen Milrow has to improve upon. But that said, Alabama still got the win against Georgia. They're, you know, they're still going to the college football playoff, and everything's in front of them. And, spoiler alert, finals week is not this upcoming week. It's the week after. And then, you know, you get the Christmas break, but at the same time you can study film. So Milrow could make some of those adjustments. This isn't the final form of Alabama. That's what's so exciting about this. Because, you know, Lawson wasn't right at times. Jaheim Otis wasn't right at times. Just injuries happen. Dinks and Dunks and William can talk about this better than I can because I've never been a college football player. A healthy Alabama team against Michigan, oh boy, Drew, oh boy, you got to feel real good as the Alabama rolls into that Rose Bowl game. God damn it, Thomas, you stole my thunder. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) I was just fixing to say, I was just fixing to say by January 1st, Lawson, Otis, and Key are all going to probably be close to 100%. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I love Thomas's focus on the fact that, that Milrow needs to get better, which he does. I mean, there, there's lots of stuff that, you know, as good as that young man and, and, and what a great representative um, that, that he's been um, to, to Alabama football this season, you know, right after the the playoff committee announced that Alabama was in. I saw where uh, some idiot on Twitter, um, you know, posted uh, 
Jalen Melrose after the Auburn game, just just given a you know his standard performance that he gives after every game by just saying roll tide. And and you know that was this one person on Twitter's response to the um, you know the playoff committee putting Alabama into the playoffs. But you know to me, I think that what's critical and what could possibly happen between today and January 1st. Because, you know, next year at this time, guys, we're going to be talking about a totally different dynamic. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it because, you know, um, I think it, it benefits, you know, a, a team like Alabama to go to a 12-team playoff. And if it holds true, um, the, the you know the way that the playoff committee is going to do it going forward, starting in 2024 with the 12 teams, the two highest ranked teams, you know, get a bye week, um, you know, in the first round of of their expanded playoff thing. But 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 for this year, um, and especially against Michigan. I mean, I think it's a huge bonus to Alabama that they don't have to play another game until January 1st. That gives Lawson, Otis, and Key a full month to get healthy. And I think in 30 freaking days, all three of those guys will be 100% healthy. And, and, and don't forget, William, it, it allows Jace McClellan and Kool-Aid to get healthy too. True, true. And Kool-Aid had a concussion. Jace had a little bit of a foot deal. I mean, he went, he came out and warmed up in his pads, caught some kickoffs, and took his pads off. I don't think the foot's broken, but hopefully he'll have a, no, a chance to heal up and play. But, I, I, like I said, I gave game balls to Roy Dell. I love Roy Dell. He's always been one of my favorites. And, uh, and, I, and I really uh, – and, and I was proud of Jam Miller. Thought he did a great job. He ran it up inside. I, I was hoping to see a little 22, but I think we'll see Haynes next year. But, again, I was proud for Roy Dell to get a chance to, you know, play a, a prominent role. And he did exactly what Jace would do, and, and, he'll, and hopefully he'll get a chance to make some plays against Michigan. But I, and, I, and, of course, I couldn't help but uh, laugh at, uh, at uh, the officials. Uh, I know the Georgia fans are talking about the, uh, the bond catch, which it was a catch all the way. I still can't believe these moronathons are – even raising question with it, because I mean, if McConkey's was a catch and the and the deep ball for Georgia was a catch, then so was uh, uh, Bonds. But again, I I just think it's kind of funny though. But I was proud of uh you know the way that, that some guys stepped up. I was I'm like you, I was happy for Burton uh, and Trez Marshall, a couple guys that transferred, uh, you know, for better opportunities. But again, I thought Trey Amos really helped himself. Uh, because losing Kool-Aid, he's been so consistent. We hadn't lost him all year, but having a guy ready like that is so key in situations like this. And I just thought, but I thought it was funny though. Your boy, the Swamp Monster, got called for holding for pancaking a guy like like our like our one of our favorite people, Clint Leg, called me uh, this morning and said, "How is that a damn penalty when you throw a guy on the ground?" Oh, uh, you, you know what, Drew? It's it, it's funny because. Um, USA Today put out their, um, you know, first-team all-SEC squad um, Tuesday or Wednesday of last week. Hell, it might have even been Monday. And so 
you know, it, it, it's 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 kind of interesting if you look at it because Georgia had the same number of offensive linemen um, on on the first team All SEC USA Today um, squad that Alabama did. Um, you, you know, uh, Tyler Booker and 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 you know J.C. Latham were on there, but. If you really want to peel that damn onion back, and if you're real honest and you're not scared to go down to the bare bones of your soul, 77 has played at a uh, all-SEC level since he was inserted into the starting lineup for Alabama. Um, you know, I have a you know if you're looking at it from a total uh, team standpoint I mean I can give you a lot of different names but when you look at it from the offensive standpoint the reason this 2023 Alabama football team is where it's at from an offensive standpoint is because of the improvement of Jalen Milrow and what Jaden Roberts has become as the swamp monster at right guard. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the offensive line has come together. I, I thought they did a great job, you know, yesterday, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, just uh, giving uh, Jalen Milrow time. Milrow, you know, I didn't think he navigated the pocket. Well, at times he should have rolled out some, got out of there, but he held on to the ball too long. But I thought the guys did a good job. Georgia, to their credit, adjusted in the second half, took away some of the inside run. But I thought when Alabama had to, they moved the ball. And I thought Alabama's defense stepped up when it had to. I mean, you're playing against a very talented team. You're playing against Brock Bowers, who I still think – look, man, I never saw Herschel play in person or live. I've only seen videos. I know he's the greatest Georgia Bulldog of all time. But in my era in time when I've seen a guy play in person and on TV – Brock Bowers is the best football player that I've ever seen play at Georgia. And I think he's going to He wasn't yesterday. He wasn't yesterday. (laughs) I know, but but he he still made a few catches yesterday, including one late on his fingertips at 70% that not many people would make. And I know, and he he gutted it out. And I admire him for getting out there because he wasn't 100%. Brock Bowers is a a stud and he should be a top five pick. He's going to be a Hall of Fame player, in my opinion. I admire McConkie for going out there and trying to play because his ass wasn't near 100%. And then Kirby said something about it in the postgame, but look, cry me a river. If Jamison Williams isn't hurt, if Mechie isn't hurt, Alabama runs their ass off the field again. They don't win the first national championship. So injuries are part of it. Alabama didn't have guys step up, you know, in the, in the, in the game in 21, but they did yesterday, and that's football. And just like FSU lost Jordan Travis, that's football, man. So uh, they're part of it. You got to have guys ready to roll. And Alabama did yesterday, and uh, Georgia did not to a degree. But Alabama was the tougher, better football team, and uh, Georgia still had their opportunities. And Alabama beat them at their own game, like William mentioned earlier uh, in the uh, show. But what? But Thomas, uh, I, I'm going to give you the, the stage now. The college football playoff. I told y'all last week, and I've said it on on several shows. I didn't get it exactly right. I was very close. I, I said I thought it would be, uh, you know, number one seed Michigan, number two Oregon, number three Texas, number four Alabama. It ended up being, since Oregon couldn't step up and win, it ended up being Washington instead. 
Michigan, Washington, uh, you know, Texas and Alabama. Now, I did predict those four this morning when everybody was going to know who was going to make it. I just felt like the committee was going to be smart about this and understand that Alabama is one of the top four. I actually think Georgia is one of the top four, too. But this is just one of those uh, anomaly years where they're not going to let two in for the same conference. I, I think they're I think all three of the teams. Uh, you know, that are in the playoff, to be to me, are even better than Michigan. I'm talking about Washington, Alabama, Texas. I think Georgia is too. And now Georgia's going to get to eviscerate Florida State so we can forget about the Seminoles because they're going to play in the Orange Bowl, and that's going to be a bloodbath. I don't give a damn how many guys opt out. So I just think Kirby will make a statement. But, again, I like Alabama. Well, I know we're going to break down the matchup later, but, Thomas, I, I think they got it right in the college football playoff. What was your take on it? So – so I am biased because I'm an Alabama fan. So I do think they got it right. But earlier, before we recorded the show, I felt like what is so okay. What is so shocking about the result, Alabama at four over Florida State, is that this is not the path of least resistance. Because. You, know, you look at Florida State, undefeated P5 champion. Okay, yeah, they, they sort of backed into that. They, they, they probably shouldn't have beaten Florida, but Billy Napier's got some serious discipline issues on that team. All right, fine. And then the game against Louisville, like, I've watched every snap of that game, and it, it was like a constant – first half South Florida versus Alabama where I'm sitting here in the back of my head thinking if I can find a pitch machine and I can put my remote into that pitch machine and if I shoot the remote with the pitch machine at my television how big a hole can I put in my television because it was so (laughs) unwatchable but but at the same time, Florida State found a way to win. And I figured that the committee would reward Michigan with a pat on the head. Ironically, <laughs> Michigan has to sit here being like, we're undefeated and you give us these guys? <laughs> what is happening <laughs> as, as we're talking about this? But I thought that FSU being in was the path of least resistance. Because at the end of the day, no matter what happened today, a precedent was going to go away. Either SEC being essentially the top dog in college football was going to go away should Alabama be removed. Or head-to-head doesn't matter if in some bizarro world that Alabama goes in, Florida State goes in, and Texas goes out, which I think that would be that woof, or undefeated P5 doesn't matter, and there's Florida State. Now, I think Florida State's in if they beat Louisville by 30. I think think he would have had the exact parallel to Ohio State winning over Wisconsin 59-0, blah, 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 in 2014, which at the time I didn't agree with. And if, again, I can say with a straight face, if – the ACC title was Florida State 42, Louisville 6. Florida State goes. But, you know, the past two weeks, Florida State 
has had a liability at quarterback. Sorry, guys. You ain't OSU in 2014. And go away. And, and, and it, as you said, Drew, if you're so damn good, try to take Rodemaker against a pissed-off Georgia team and Kirby Smart and beat them. If you do, I'll listen. I know the early line on that was FSU minus 12 against Georgia. I think it's already up to 14. And that's actually an interesting discussion because, one, for a line to move by two points in, like, two hours is spectacularly one-sided. But we talk about Alabama versus Michigan. And we'll break the game down ad infinitum over the next couple weeks. That game opened up Michigan minus two and a half on a couple of sports books. I've looked and seen minus one and a half or minus one. For a game to move that much that fast, there is an ocean of money coming in on Alabama. So, so you know, the public sentiment is X, Y, Z. And it's kind of bearing itself out about the supremacy of the SEC. Does that mean it's 100% accurate? Well, we'll see what happens, what goes on in the field. But anyway, the point of this, this segment was for me to eat crow. I have been all over this committee just because I don't think – I think that the committee has serious problems with coherence. Like – there's a good friend – two good friends of mine are big Oregon fans. And I said to him, if Oregon beats Washington, you better buckle up because if Alabama v. Oregon happens in that committee room, y'all in trouble. Like, just just trouble. And, you know, of course, it's football fans. Rah, 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 you don't know what you're talking about. Rah, 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 rah. I'm like, okay, well, hold on a minute. I might have known a little more about mathematics than you, so we'll leave that and we'll see what happens. Um, it happened. It wasn't the team. I got the teams wrong, but I got the math right. And here we are. And, and so when you look at how this ended up playing out, I'm shocked because the change mathematically, like one of the things that blew me away on Sunday morning is how much the Georgia win improved Alabama's statistical profile. Like in the back of my head, you know, you kind of have an understanding of this is going to be a big deal. And I believe on the show, I even said in the past couple of weeks, if Alabama beats Georgia, they're going to be in the playoff. But then you start getting into the details, and what does that look like? Well, Alabama goes in most power rankings. They were already in a couple of ones that I actually respect in the top five. They might go to top two. But, you know, in the FPI, which if if you think that ESPN doesn't have a vested interest in this stuff, I've got some, some beachfront property in rural Kansas to sell you, so just call me. But – in ESPN's set of statistics, Alabama's entire cornucopia of stats got a huge boost by that win. And suddenly we're looking at this situation where, okay, this could be a thing, but do you make the choice to do the hard thing? Easy thing again, undefeated P5 champion, you go. 
the committee, to my abject shock, and, and, and again, I would absolutely love to take that 13 people out to a bar and put my credit card on the table and say, after three drinks, I have questions. I would kill for that opportunity. Like, like there, there, there would, there, there would be things that there would be unconscionable things I would do to understand this problem. I would kill for that opportunity because the easy thing would have been again send FSU, let Bama out. Now, the opposite. I want to understand that, and we never will. And that kind of is the root of my my problem with the playoff committee. Certainly, Boo Corrigan came on ESPN and said, rabble, rabble, rabble wins, blah, blah, blah. Rabble, rabble wins, impressive, rabble, rabble. But that doesn't, that's not what I want. Like, like I want to be able to ask a committee member who put Bama at four and Florida State at five. Or even what's one of the crazier things, like if you look at the old BCS rankings, Sagarin had FSU at 12. Like, I want to know why. And we haven't we're, – we're not going to have that opportunity. I would kill for a drunken bender at a bar to be like, tell me why. We're never going to get that. At the end of the day, the reality is Alabama goes on to move, move on against Michigan. I have cur to eat because I thought those guys and gals would take the easy way out. And I'm not going to go so far as to say, oh, suddenly the committee is, is all good, right, and amazing in the world because – no, but there, there are so many questions still outstanding that are just kind of intellectual exercises that I want to know about, Drew, that we'll never know. And now we look at, you know, Georgia v. Alabama. Alabama wins. Milrow does need to improve. I think Milrow, look, I've been one of the biggest Milrow slammers, what I feel like, on the internet. But... He does the things that Alabama needs to win games. If he improves even like a half step, or if God help the rest of the NCAA if he improves a full step, Alabama will win the national title. But, you know, you have these circumstances, you have this situation, Alabama pulled through. And as we sit here at the end of championship weekend, and I'm still shocked that Alabama is in I don't know how you can't be confident as a college football fan that Alabama is going to be able to do the things they need to do to at least get to Texas and as William said that Texas team is really damn good so it's a toss-up there but as I said before Michigan and Washington are food and sorry brothers enjoy being dog kibble because you ain't there yet Maybe you'll get there, but oh wait! Suddenly, my my shot across the bow is hi. There, there's a sign. There, there's a thing that went across Twitter of Jermaine Burton flipping off the camera. Steal that sign, Michigan. Steal that. Sign. Well, but go ahead. Drew. I know. I know. Uh, Elijah Drink was Missouri's already trolling Michigan's coaches, talking about having uh, Connor Scallions on line one. But uh, but it, you know it, it's going to be interesting. I mean I. I know it's going to be a tough game, but I do expect Alabama to win it uh, over Michigan. Uh, I know Michigan's going to come in with a chip, thinking everybody's even though they're number one there. Uh, by the end, by the time the game comes, when they're probably not even going to be favored. So again, you you take nothing for granted. But like William said, it's going to allow a lot of people to heal up. 
uh, and be healthy and fresh. Uh, should have all hands on deck. So that's very encouraging. Uh, and before I let William comment on the playoff, all I can tell you, that it's the best way to equate it is the ACC was such trash that Louisville made the finals, uh, you know, in, in the championship game. The week before, Kentucky came to their house, pissed all over them, whipped their ass. Kentucky 7-5, and five, and Alabama went to Kentucky and burned their house down and had their backups in by the third, in the middle of the third quarter. So that's all I can tell you. Uh, that the ACC is not – all leagues are not created equal, even if you're in a power five. And too bad the ACC was garbage. Just like t- about 15 years ago in, the, in basketball, in the NCAA tournament for the SEC, when all it was was uh, Kentucky and Florida because everybody else wasn't good enough. Well, the ACC is not good enough. Buck up and, you know, find a, get a better TV deal if you can and make your conference better. You're just not good enough right now. And, and that, this, this, the statistics need to be discussed. You played Florida and LSU, two P5 teams. You had the 55th ranked strength of schedule. Like, how yeah. bad is the rest of your schedule when you're talking about SEC East, what, four? Maybe four? Yeah. Maybe, maybe three? And SEC West, three? And those are the two teams that make your schedule look good and you're at 55? Like, like oh, come on, man. Like, like come on. That, that's the simple thing, Drew, but I'm sorry. I had to jump in and say that. No doubt. Well, William, what is your thought on the playoff? Oh, let me say this, Drew. Um, this is what the starting quarterback at Alabama is looking at for the month of December. Um, he has Ty Simpson, you know, former five-star quarterback. He has Dylan Longergan, um, that that is now moved in front of the, the the amount of money that we paid for the disastrous uh, quarterback come from Notre Dame that we paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for. Um, Jalen Milrow has this to look forward to, um, and, and you know maybe he'll get better. But he has the number one college, uh, I mean, excuse me, high school quarterback in the country in Jalen Sayan coming to campus that he has to do battle with during bowl practice. And, you know, that's who he has to test himself against. And I like Jalen Milrow. In that matchup, yeah, I do. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's not going to get easier. He's got to continue to get better, and he's got to continue to work. But he has improved more than any kid I've seen. I mean, being MVP of the SEC championship game, tremendous accomplishment for Jalen Milrow. Uh, he has that clutch gene, even when he struggled through much of the game. Uh, you know, you know, with uh, with uh, his ball placement yesterday, he was under throwing some guys because Alabama had guys open, especially Burton. They they could have beaten Georgia worse, but again, when it mattered. He I, came back. I do want to I talk about that a little well. bit. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. It's so a lot of the discussion around this game. You know, Jalen Miller, SEC championship MVP, and. You kind of have you kind of have two sides to this. 
you have you look at the things that Milrow didn't do, and you look at the things that did. And I, I kind of want to be down the middle with this. You know, at the at the end of the day, did Jalen Milrow do some things that 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 sort of defy logic? Yes. Look, if it's second and four, take the first down and live to fight another day. Or if it's third down, don't throw don't throw a missile. Throw a, you know a five yard down and out, essentially. And that that that's a legitimate criticism, but that's kind of baked into the Milrow cake. And I, I I'm kind of done tearing down the things that Milrow doesn't do well. To look at the things that he does, like he, he's very effective at. And when we're talking about that, it's, it's you know, running and getting four yards, getting six yards so that it's second and four, it's second and six. It's, again, that if you want to watch what I want Jalen Milrow to do every single possession of the game – Watch that drive that Alabama has where essentially Jalen Milrow goes, I'm going to throw to Isaiah Bond over and over in the fourth quarter, and we're going to win the damn game for it. But, like, like that's the thing. As Alabama fans, I've been guilty of looking at Jalen Milrow and, oh, you don't do this very well. And blah, 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 blah. Uh, so what? Like, Jalen Milrow is Jalen Milrow. He's not going to make a quantum leap forward in the next month. Do I think he can take a step forward? Yes, because – Astoundingly, he's taken multiple steps forward over the past few weeks. But this is what you're going to get. You're going to get points where you're just like throwing your hands in the air and you're like, God, why don't you see the thing? And that's okay. Like, that, that's the thing I wanted to say, Drew. That's okay. Because at the end of the day, Milro still played well enough and recognized stuff enough. Like, I'll be honest, Drew. I don't think Jalen Milrow sees Jim, the Jam Miller wheel route on a busted coverage to score the 10-3 to 3 or 10-7 to 7 touchdown, excuse me. And I'm not sure Jalen Milrow is willing to launch a missile to uh, Jermaine Burton at 17-7. to 7. And I absolutely don't think Jalen Milrow dries, drops his eyes to see Isaiah Bond on some of the leaks that he did. And those kind of improvements, man – Look, you can be mad about Jalen Milrow not seeing that in some cases, but even being able to see some of them, that's a big deal. And that's great. And that's the kind of thing that Alabama can win a national title for. Because, again, kind of the the quiet part out loud that we've been talking about, you're going to need that against a very good Texas Longhorns team should Alabama beat Michigan, Drew. We are, and uh, like I say, I I think – you know, I'm confident that Tommy Reeves and the staff are going to put together a good plan. Um, and I do like the fact that Bond has stepped up big to compliment Burton in the last two or three games uh, and made clutch plays. And I, I hope Kendrick Law is even more involved in the offense uh, in this next game. I thought he would be more involved yesterday, but still, I think he did some little things well uh, without the ball. And so, again, I'm very confident to get Nye Black some touches as well. So, Alabama's got plenty of weapons that they've developed over this season and with this offensive line. So very, very encouraged. Uh, it's, they've come so far on both sides of the ball, really, uh, you know, and, and special teams as well because they found a punt returner in Caleb Downs who 
I still think can be a big, you know, weapon in the playoffs. Um, you know, this team is – it is Saban's probably best coaching job. I mean, Milrose come so far. Guys have grown so much in their roles on both sides. Seeing Vaughn develop into a clutch guy and, and compliment Burton. You know, you've got Kendrick Law, who hopefully will be even more involved in the next game. Thought he'd be more involved in this one, this, this past one. But, again, he did some little things. And, and uh, you know, and, and then I think, you know, uh, Nye Black, they've got plenty of weapons. Tom Green's done a great job. So has Kevin Steele. The, the coordinator hires were great. I'm just looking forward to the next chapter because this, uh, you know, I, I think the, the SEC, it may be a little down, but it's still one of the top two best leagues. It still has the, 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 the top of the league is still the best. Alabama and Georgia, I still think, match up with anyone. So, so, and Drew, so let, let, let me ask you as you're about to wrap, does the staff change give you confidence against a Michigan and theoretically what we're talking about at Texas as we move forward into January? Well, yeah, I mean they've already seen Texas. They sure they they know what they know what they're gonna they're going up against if they were to potentially get them. Uh, certainly, I, I think uh, you know Reese is very familiar. Don't forget it, Notre Dame with Michigan. Uh, they they competed against them quite a bit, so they know them. And so I and, and I, so I think Alabama's at an, it has an advantage here. Nick Saban's navigated the playoff. He's won playoff games. Harbaugh has not. Certainly, Michigan's going to have a chip on their shoulder, wanting to prove they can finally win the playoffs, but. I still like Alabama's chances. I like the matchup. Uh, I thought it was funny. I, I don't think Michigan was thrilled. I think they wanted to play Florida State because that would have been much more to their advantage. But Alabama's uh, going to get Michigan and get a chance to win number 19 and win another under Nick Saban. So very excited about that. Very excited about this 30th SEC title. And next Sunday when we join you to continue to break down the Alabama-Michigan matchup, we could have some recruiting news as well. Ryan Williams, best player in the state of Alabama, regardless of class, in my opinion. His team's going to play for a state championship this week against Clay Chalkville at Sarah Land, and uh, and they're going to. He's going to be a guy that is going to, I think, reclassify. He's going to announce that on this coming a week from today, uh, and hopefully enroll early in Alabama, and uh, maybe you can go through bowl practice. I think he's an electric player. He's someone that Alabama could. Uh, he would polish off a very good signing class with uh, Mari Jefferson, who uh, just won a state championship at Chattanooga Baylor. Uh, you know, in the private school division in Tennessee and also Rico Scott, uh, you know, in the state of Pennsylvania. So it would give them a really good three-man class. And then not to mention the transfer portal, you've got Evan Stewart probably going in from A&M and Will Shepard, a really underrated, really good player from Vanderbilt just went in. So Alabama could replace Jermaine Burton in that way. But there's going to be a lot of great things to talk about. And it's been a very spirited and joyous show today. We appreciate everybody, the Patreons and everybody supporting the show and Looking forward to it. Appreciate Jason Clemens on Twitter. But for Thomas the Wizard Watts, for William Redfish Barger, I'm Drew Armand. It's been a great show. Alabama wins their 30th SEC title and is now on to the college football playoff as the four seed. And they'll take on the Michigan Wolverines in Pasadena, California. Their first Rose Bowl since 09 against Texas. And they'll be uh, in California on January the 1st for the early game. But we look forward to continuing to talk about that and recruiting in the coming days, early signing period coming up. But for for all everyone, continue to enjoy the weekend, enjoy this SEC championship and this win over Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs to snap that 29-game winning streak. Good night, everybody, and roll tide.